Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 27 of the Travel Squad podcast. And we are back. We're still here in Africa for part two of our African adventure. Yes. So we just finished celebrating my birthday in Eswatini, also known as Swaziland. So that's where we left off last week, finishing up with that birthday celebration. And now we are... In episode two. Episode two. We just barely scratched the surface in terms of discussing all the activities that we did. There's just so much more to come in this episode. And we're so glad that you joined us for this. Yep. I'm still here regretting my decision not to go. You're going to regret it even more after this one because now it's going to be complete, (laughs) complete journey. We're on day eight now. Yes. So we are still in Swaziland. So we had spent the night, celebrated Zaina's birthday, and we only spent one night in terms of sleeping in Swaziland. So we woke up this morning still continuing the tour of the country. And the first thing that they did is they took us to a glass recycling factory, which doesn't sound all that glamorous, but it was really cool to see. It was called the Gwinya if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Gwenya Glass Factory. And I remember our tour guide telling us specifically that this was a initiative factory set up by the king, if I'm not mistaken, to provide jobs in the area. And they recycle a lot of the glass and make beautiful ornaments out of it. Yeah, and the glass is actually collected by the children of Swaziland or Iswatini. And so they collect it up and they recycle it and they make lots of blown glass decor they even have wine stoppers. We got a wine mm. stopper that has a little glass rhino at the top of it. Did you get an ornament? They didn't have a Christmas ornament there, unfortunately. They were a lot more glass-blown pieces of art to put on your shelf. Oregon, the wine stoppers, didn't really find glass ornaments, unfortunately. I would have loved to do something like that to I put on my tree, but unfortunately, no. It was more knickknacks, and we're not knickknack collectors right i mean it was cool to see and there was definitely a lot of people buying stuff but for us we want practical things so we bought the wine stopper yeah and I thought it was really cool. The day we were there, the factory itself wasn't running. However, it was open in terms of the shop, the store. But what was really cool is on the grounds of the factory, they did have peacocks. Do you ladies remember that? Yes. No, no I don't. Oh, I know you don't, Kim, because <laughs> somebody missed out. But they had peacocks roaming the grass area there. They had shops where they had stores selling other stuff. Yeah, ca- back behind the glass factory, there were other shops. Uh, Josh got a really cool shirt from a shop down the road. I'm actually really jealous. It was a cool button up. It looked like a nice reggae button up style type shirt. It was really cool, actually. So they had other things that they offered in that area as well. They had soaps, lotions. I got a really nice necklace. It was a little extra. And when I say extra, like bright, you know, 
So Uh, you. Yes, it was perfectly me. And I was so sad because when I bought it and I tried it on, it was just so beautiful. I loved it. So they put it in a bag and then I put that bag in my luggage and it ended up breaking. So I still have all the pieces. I Mm. know. What broke? The string itself that it was being strung around. Mm. So I'm super sad about that. I still have all the pieces. But yes, I do remember Josh's shirt. And later on, we were joking with Jamal that you should have gotten it. And then you guys could have like twinned in that shirt because it was a really cool just African style. Yeah, it, it was a really, really cool shirt. But one thing I remember most about this morning is there were a couple times already on this trip. And then we didn't touch about it in the other episode where Anna would misplace or lose her phone. Do any of you ladies really remember that? Yes. And so we were sitting outside of the glass factory at one point, just kind of socializing. And Anna had left her phone and I saw it and I snagged it and didn't tell her. And we got on the bus acting as if typical dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Acting as if we were going to leave. And then I was like, oh, I wonder if Anna's even going to realize this. And she didn't realize it until we started the bus. We had actually moved. And then she's like, oh my God, Sean, I don't have my phone. We have to turn around. And then that's when I told her, I was like, no, no, no. I have the phone, Sean. Don't turn around. I was waiting to see how long till Anna realized. But it was just so funny because this is like the third time on the trip. She either lost or misplaced her phone. So then Sean started to rag on her too. Yeah. Because <laughs> this isn't the first time Josh and Anna have left other things behind on the bus or in other areas. Like I think Josh in one of our hotels left some clothing. <laughs> and I think he had a vape pin as well and he left that behind at one point. And so uh, Sean was giving him shit for that. Yeah. But so after the glass tour, which again was really, really cool. I love my little rhino wine stopper that I do have. We started to go back to South Africa. Africa. But as we were still in Swaziland, Eswatini, you know, that's the beautiful thing about Gate One. Our guides always tell us about the history and things going on as we're passing through certain areas. And we passed an area where they had built a dam. And I mean, there's dams everywhere. It's not really, you know, anything major. But it was really cool and gave a lot of context because Sean was telling us that the current king when his father passed away and he became king, which was maybe about 20 years ago at this point, he said that 90% of the roads that are paved here in Swaziland weren't paved before. So the new king is doing a whole infrastructure project in terms of paving the roads, adding infrastructure, building the dam. So we passed it and it's just like, you know, real disparity. You're there in South Africa, which is quite developed and this country is right next to it, bordered to it, but yet up until 20 years ago, completely underdeveloped and now they're just renovating the whole country and doing a mass infrastructure spree. And he's renamed the country. He renamed it on his birthday. Can you imagine being king and just saying, I'm going to rename our country? <laughs> That's cool. It, well, it's the only... It's That's the, what I would do. It's the only absolute <laughs> monarchy in Africa. And an absolute monarchy is where what the king says goes. So it's not like the British monarchy where there's parliament and a prime minister, you know, and they're just figureheads. Literally, he is in control of the country. Yeah, so he renamed it. But while we were in East part of our tour was to go and see the culture. And I love how Gate One incorporates that into our tours. That is one of the things that I do love about Gate One. So as we exited Eswatini, Swaziland, back into South Africa, one thing I didn't mention in the last episode, but I do want to just touch on so people have just a context of 
you know, daily life, the current situation over there. As we were going through border control, they do have free condoms, which is quite surprising. Have you ever gone through customs here in the United States or any other country and just come across like a bowl of they free really condoms? They really should do that everywhere. Well, they should. I don't <laughs> disagree with that. But there is a big AIDS epidemic, so it is there free to help the prevention of it. And that's one thing I want to touch on. But as we crossed back across into South Africa, we still entered a Swazi village. And this is where they gave us a more cultural tour of Swazi life. And even though it's in South Africa, they were telling us, you know, when they drew borderlines, you know, a lot of people in the time, they didn't really think and how they were dividing different tribes, cultures. So there is still a big Swazi population in South Africa. And this is where we got the Swazi village tour. Yeah, we got to go and see the huts that they live in, like their traditional huts. What do the huts look like? They are all straw are they teepees like a circle and then just kind of domed so it's a oh, okay. yeah circular and then the, oh, okay, round dome. Okay. Yeah, can, yeah. and when you walk in the middle is like the big wooden stakes to hold up the center and the top inside is it dirt is it carpet dirt. it's dirt we didn't go into anyone's particular home i don't know if this one was just specific like this is built to show us what it looks like on the inside because even when we went in they divided us up by men and women they said even they men and women sleep separately wow. from each other on different sides. No snoring on the women's side. Well, that's what I was going to say is that, you know, we're in their territory. So we're following their traditions and, you know, respecting their culture. So they asked us women to wait until all the men went into the teepee because the men in their culture enter first. And it was a little weird because, I mean, like I'm respecting their culture and whatnot. When I say it was a little weird, it's, you know, men are used to allowing women first here in the United States. And so it was a little awkward because it's not our culture to watch all the men go in. And even the men looked a little uncomfortable because they're used to letting the women in. Mm -hmm. So then once all the men were in, then the women were allowed to enter and they had the men on one side and then they had the women on the the other side so even in there we weren't allowed to stand next to them so we were interesting yeah. they did introduce us to the grandfather elder of the village he didn't speak any english but he was so friendly smiling at all of us and they let us know that he is looking for a second wife now they can get married to more than one wife but you have to be able to provide for them so if you cannot then you cannot get a second wife and actually the first wife does prefer that the man get married because if the man gets married again it's the second wife that does all the cleaning and cooking for yes. the first wife mm -hmm. you know i don't think that's such a bad rule we shouldn't get married unless a man can provide yeah <laughs> that's a good rule. so they can take on two wives here is that cool um you know if she does all the cleaning and i'm the first wife then i might be cool with that first is the cool. favorite maybe who knows <laughs> if you were the second wife and you had to do all of the well we'd have to get a third then but she, either that or she wouldn't be the second wife she'd be like no i'm good i'm not number one <laughs> so continuing on with the tour of the area, we were able to go and see some traditional song and dance performed by the community as well. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they did a dance, a whole display of their culture, their activities. It was really, really... Their native outfits. Yeah, really awesome it to see. It sounds like 
similar to China. It, yes. It was, but really all immersive because this is still in a local Very village cool. where they live in tribes. It was really unique and so really, cool. Yeah. First they started with song, then they started with some dance and the lead of the choir, he was hitting on Josh. So Did he speak hardcore. English? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He spoke English. He was hitting on Josh <laughs> hardcore, putting insinuations. He's like, oh, I love your long hair. Oh, you want to come up and dance with me? And and <laughs> Josh hilarious. Josh yeah. is like laughing and having fun, but like everyone is noticing that like he is into Josh. So it was it was super funny. And then they invite us to dance with them and get in on there. And did you? So they did their own traditional dance first, and they said, "But we like to incorporate and invite you guys. We know you don't know the moves, but just come." He said, "Shake your money maker." Actually, if I remember correctly, <laughs> he's like, "All you got to do is come up and shake your money maker. That's all we ask of you. You know, if we pull you up, so don't say." know if we come out afterwards and pull at you and i'm sitting here it's thinking like rude of my, to say no yeah i'm sitting here thinking to myself huddling in the back like oh god please, please don't, don't come pick up me. to me please don't pick me please don't pick me and they all start coming out and of course they're gonna pick you right you know, i don't get picked Brittany gets picked but Brittany pretty much walked out of there with a new husband <laughs> we were in love she know? was shaking her money maker for making them. that money everyone got picked except for jamal i was so stoked i didn't even care <laughs> they probably could tell you were like oh my god no 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 well he also had his phone out and was like recording things so he was kind of busy doing his own thing as well so i nice that might he played have it right i have the video of britney's money maker dance by the way could be coming to instagram we'll have to put that on instagram when this episode goes live well i think the guy that danced with britney like gave her a big Big, tight hug and lifted her up at the end he did yes <laughs> i didn't get no hug or lift and then afterwards we had iswatini cuisine for lunch and it was like a big buffet style what is the kind of food that they have in there what's traditional you know, cuisine i wasn't a big fan of this it wasn't just our group they had other tour groups come through as well and so i felt like it was very crowded people were trying to cut and then the food like it ran out just people were a little bit savage I guess um, you could okay, say. Okay, so the food, rice, potatoes. I mean, there was rice, potatoes. A lot of the local cuisine was more, again, traditional type of game meat that they had. They had warthogs. So just imagine just regular- A bunch of meat. Yeah, a bunch of meat. And, and it was kind of stews. stews. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like in sauces. It was almost like a, I don't want to say a curry because it didn't have that type of flavors, but it was more in a stew sauce, if you will. I see. And, With rice or potatoes on mm-hmm. the side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they had veggies, fruit, always stuff like that there wasn't anything too ethnic but definitely more using their game and local meat that they have so Uh while i was in line waiting for food the man that i danced with came up and said hello again to me Uh second date second date stealing hearts in east (laughs) waltini but one thing that happened on this day before we left Eswatini and Swaziland that we didn't touch upon was as we were driving, somebody threw a rock and shattered the window of our bus. Oh my Not God. somebody. It was three small children yes. that were standing at the side of the road throwing rocks at cars and buses coming down the so road. So were they targeting your bus or they were just being kids throwing rocks at all kids, cars? I think. They were just kids being kids. But what happened was, you know, we only know it was kids throwing it because somebody saw it. But obviously, we're all on the bus. And the first thing we hear is just a big mm-hmm. crash That's and scary. shatter. And we're all freaked out. Was like, anybody what is in this? that by that window? Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. my God. I'm so lucky. Did they get hit by the rock? No, no, but they got some of the glass on them and they had Sharp little cuts. Mold? It was the very last window on the right side of the bus. And I was at the window right in front of that. 
and I was asleep up against the, like, obviously. Of course you were. <laughs> exactly, right? So I'm asleep on the bus and I'm up against the window and With like- drool going down the side of the window. Mouth Probably. Open. I, you know, I don't <laughs> doubt it. It was a grueling trip. A good grueling, right? So anyways, the sound of the window breaking woke me up, but I just think, oh my God, if that window, if the rock hit my window, the way that it shattered and just caused a mess, yeah. like that would have fucked my face up so bad. But there were a few people behind me and then they immediately jumped up and like Jamal and Brittany said, they got a few pieces of the sharpnel, but yeah, they were the fine. the whole window shattered. It was like that spider web effect across the glass and then it did enter and there was glass that was on people, on the seats, all across the floor of the bus. So they stopped the bus and they very quickly had to punch out the rest of the glass that was lining the window because they didn't want it to fall in. Oh. So they had to take like a broom and they basically wiped out all of the glass so that there was no glass left in the window to fall in and like hurt someone. And then they had to clear the seats. So basically Sean was like, we want to make this really quick. We want to get out of here very quickly. We don't want to stand here and draw attention to ourselves because there are some places that aren't safe to drive through and safe to stop at. It could have potentially been someone through the rock to purposely make a stop so that they can come on the bus and ransack us. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So he was like, we don't really have a choice. We can't sit here and wait for another bus. We just need to move on and drive on and have the bus swapped out later. Because there were some people who were like, what are you doing? Why are we moving? Like they were uncomfortable with that. And so that's why he told them like, we got to get the fuck out. Africa. TIA. TIA. Yeah. So that happened. And as we were leaving again, we got back into South Africa. We did the visit of the Swaz village and from there we were driving on to Kruger National Park we weren't going to be doing the game drive that day it was going to be the next day but that day was pretty much the drive to Hazy View which is the closest city to the entrance gate that we did at Kruger National Park and when we got there it was a really really cool lodge we'll get into that in just a second but our tour guide Sean said for the inconvenience you know they threw in an extra free drink that they usually include with dinner so he's like, anything from the bar that you want, you know, for the inconvenience we got. So uh, that wait, was one really- extra drink or open bar? One extra, one extra drink. Oh. But you know what? Sean still hooked it up because remember he was like giving us a shitload of wine. At one point he told me, follow him. And he took me into the bar and he gave me like the bottle of wine. I do remember that. Yeah. Yeah. He was hooking it up. I mean, he was telling it like one, but you know. African one. African one, I guess. (laughs) But but what was really cool about this hotel is Sean was telling us, he said, don't leave your door open. Be mindful of what you hold. Look at all the monkeys around here. He's like, they are very smart to go snatch your things. You leave. (laughs) the door open they're gonna go into your room he's like we are in the middle of the bush (laughs) so just be mindful and we were watching these monkeys they were all on top of the building all on the grounds really really cool so yeah Yeah. i enjoyed that a lot it was a lot of fun so the monkeys they had bright blue ball sacks oh yeah they're just displaying them out to the world okay and sean even said this is where the term blue Blue balls balls came from from. But no, they were just like tan gray monkeys and all of a sudden there's just a big bright blue and that's Beautiful. what their uh, ball sack looks like. <laughs> but no, I, I really liked the hotel. It was nice. They had a pool. We went swimming with Josh and Anna. I don't think Zana got in the pool. They had a trampoline that was built into the ground that you can do some jumping on. So really fun activities to do there. Clearly, we are close to Kruger, so our hotel was gated off so that big game animals potentially can't come in. But this is how close we were to be 
being out into the real wild. We were close to lions, close to elephant, leopards, etc. We were right at the foot of Kruger National Park, which was our next day, day nine. And we had a bright and early wake up call because we were going to be seeing sunrise on our safari. And we were a little bit delayed because one couple didn't make their way out. And I was so excited for Kruger National Park because I've always wanted to go here ever since I saw the YouTube video Battle at Kruger. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to go into what it is because I could spend 10 minutes just talking about how awesome that video. You showed me that video and it is awesome. It's pretty intense. It's basically, (laughs) I'm not going to tell it what it is, but it's a fight between lions, crocs, and Cape buffaloes all at once that happened at Kruger National Park. Pretty awesome. So I wanted to go there. We were delayed in taking off because we were waiting for one couple and I was telling Sean like, "Mm, you know, they're not here. We talk about timeliness, you know, let's go. He was talking about leaving these people behind. I was ready. They were, I was totally they, were ready at least, in the they were at least 15, 20 minutes late, though. Well, and you could go knock on their hotel. And they say did, hello. and no one was answering. So he kept trying to do that. But come to find out, one of the gentlemen, and I didn't realize who it was at that point who he was late. Them. I do like them. So I feel bad that old I, couple? It was an older couple, but he, he, <laughs> was, he was sick. So he okay. was trying to See, get himself feeling the I know, I know, I know. But that's how excited I was for Kruger. That's just it's like, let's just leave them behind. Me. Let's go. How much longer are we going to wait? <laughs> All here? your excitement. You lost humanity. I know, I did. I did. I was being really, really self because I wanted to see sunrise at Kruger, which we did end up making it for sunrise. It was just so cool to be. Was it almost a freak out? Yeah. Oh, no. How am I freaking out on something I have no control of? I'm just sitting there waiting. He was. That's what I freak out. It's always over. No, no, no. Anyway. Are we going to fucking leave yet? Like, why are we still here? (laughs) We just need to leave them behind. Like, if they want to go, they can catch up to us later. I love your Jamal freak out impressions. You know what? (laughs) They're so funny. I was maybe, you know, I think she's over exaggerating. (laughs) I was maybe saying that to her, but I was not making a scene on the bus, making it be known to the whole tour that like, fuck these people, let's leave them behind. I didn't realize who it was. I feel bad because I actually do like them and I didn't know he was sick. I thought he was just sleeping in or they were late. But let's move past this. We made it to Kruger. (laughs) We made it to Kruger and we were able to see sunrise, which was really exciting. Just seeing the vast open plains, the African trees. I felt like I was living a scene from the Lion King, the opening scene where you just see the sunrise come up over the Serengeti. Granted, we weren't in the Serengeti. We were in Kruger, but it was just so, so awesome to see. When you see the landscape of Kruger, what you imagine Africa to be is what Kruger is. You know, it is the desert, it is the dry, arid land. It is orange, reds, beautiful, but it is what you imagine Africa to be. I was at the end of my sickness at this point, because remember like back when we did the cage diving, that's when I first got the cold and I was feeling it. I mean, it's like, you know, right at the end, it's all bubbling to the surface. So this was probably the worst day. And then the next day I was a hundred percent. But on this day, I kept falling asleep on the safari. I could barely stay awake. And Josh kept like trying to record me as I was nodding off. So it was a good experience. But at the same time, like I was so over it because I was feeling so shitty. But after this, I was 100% better. And then everyone else on the tour started to get sick. That's a shame because a lot of the first part of Kruger took a while to see some big game animals, even though we were there early and that's when they should be out. But granted, you know, we're coming into the park. They try to stay away from humans. So they're further inland. But Kruger was just awesome. And one of the first things that we saw was the Cape Buffalo and they were at the entrance. And our safari guide was telling us that these Cape 
buffalo, they live in herds, but these ones are here alone because they're weak and they've been kicked from the herd and they stay by the gate because Aww. lions and predators don't come in this area. And here the road is paved, so they get the warmth from the sun on the asphalt. So I thought that was really cool to see, but just sad on how tough life is out in the bush. If you're one of those animals, they, the they were kicked from the herd because yeah. they were weak. Or old. Weak or old, they'll kick you from the herd. Aww. So the first 30, 40 minutes we were in there, all we saw truly were kudu, springbok, and other types of birds. Lots of birds. Lots of birds. Lots and Big lots birds? of birds. Okay, so... Some you of know, them falcons, some eagles, but... Go pygmies. Ahead, we mentioned no the pygmies. two girls. <laughs> we mentioned the two girls from LA, Jackie and Kim. And Kim is a huge bird enthusiast. So she, she had, had her binoculars and everything. Mm -hmm, every single bird. I mean, you could like for me, I could barely see it at the top of a tree, but she could spot it like that. And then she would even ask our tour guide, "Hey, isn't that a blah 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 blah?" And so he would be like, "Oh yes, that is a blah 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 blah." And then they never heard of that bird before. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, believe me, there was a lot of birds. I've never heard of before either. So the other thing is that our driver has a radio. So he's in constant contact with the other drivers so they can let each other know of what they're spotting. And then that way that car can go to where the other car is. So at one point there was a lion. So we went back to see the lion because that came up on the radio. It was really, really cool. So anyway, so we go back to see the lion because it was ready to pounce its morning breakfast. And Brittany and Anna really had to pee at more particularly point. Anna. Yes. More particularly Anna. So the question to our driver was, hey, everyone is laser focused on this lion. Can we get out and pee? And our tour guide was like, oh my God, no, don't do that. You can't do that. Because if they did, an animal can get them. So even though no one human wise is watching, animals are. So we weren't able to get out. So he took us to a more secluded and private place. And he let Anna and Brittany out so they could pee behind the truck and no one so could So you had to pee like Papa Squat. I had a Papa Squat yeah. behind the jeep well for safety reasons one you can't get out of your vehicle on a safari i mean well, there's they didn't have any like bathrooms there's though. well no. they do in certain areas but we were nowhere near, near it one. and we wanted to stay close because again even though there's lions there you could go on a safari and not see lions and here we are the first big game animal that we're spotting of the day lions and anna's like i'm literally gonna piss my pants so he had to get on the radio and say, hey, I have somebody on my tour. They need to use the restroom. And they said that, okay, just drive maybe like half a mile down this road. And he let her get out and got permission for it, but it was an exception. And when she got out to pee, Brittany's like, you know what? Fuck it. If we're stopping, I'm going to get out and pop a squat. So just Brittany and Anna went behind the Jeep and I am an we're, opportunist. we're piss pals <laughs> <laughs> at that point. But luckily, once they were done, they were able to get back in and we were able to go back and the lioness was still there doing a little bit of stalking. So it was hunting solo and we were able to see it kind of stalking, hiding behind a bush. And there was just a whole bunch of kudu, impala, whatever you want to call it. I don't really remember. But at one point, I remember hearing a little push down of maybe like some crackling of twigs or a bush. And then it was probably from the lion. And that caused the whole herd of kudu, impala to just scatter cool so we didn't so get to we catch it kill it there we got to see all of the animals scatter and run from the lion it was amazing like this is the stuff that you see on nature channel but in real life like all of a sudden all these like 40 50 animals just like 
stampede. Yeah. And we were on the safari for a very long time. I think we probably spent like six hours total there in the park. So we only stopped twice. So just imagine there's not a lot of bathrooms at all. There's not one you can just drive up to. Don't hydrate on this day. No, don't hydrate. (laughs) (laughs) We did stop at one place to kind of have a breakfast because I think they gave us a breakfast bag. This is one of the two that Brittany made the comment of. And when we were there, what were there? They're like the the macaw monkeys. They were were some type of monkeys. I don't remember what type they were. But again, they gave us breakfast in the morning because it was such an early wake up call. And so it was either eat on the bus or they told us, you know, maybe an hour, hour and a half into the safari, there's going to be a rest area where you can get out, have bathrooms, we'll be able to eat. But they had monkeys in the area. And I forgot who set down the bag that had the yogurt and the banana. But the monkeys just came real quick in that split second and just grabbed it. So we watched the monkeys in the tree, like open and squeeze the yogurt package and like try to eat it monkeys love bananas they will take it out of your hands too you have to be very careful because they're not afraid of you and Mm -hmm. they're very very aggressive and i think they have signs too not to feed the monkeys because otherwise you will be fined so then the second stop that we had was lunch and as a i'm sorry for the whole window incident the day before when we were driving through swaziland they did give us a free lunch and it was so bad not to be ungrateful but i mean i don't even know how to describe what it was better or worse than the prison sandwich on the flight to hawaii worse worse worse. i mean this wasn't edible at all because food from gate one as you know kim is is always good this one i think because like zana said it was a i'm sorry again for the bus situation they probably had to find somebody a vendor to make it last minute because we were supposed to be on our own for lunch in the park like in a big cafeteria area they have because again kruger even though it is a nature reserve it is a national park so just like here in the united states or other national parks they do have areas for people to congregate eat Mm -hmm. use the restrooms etc so we still ended up buying our own food just because what we got from that bag was terrible I just remember that inside the bag that we got, there was chicken nuggets in a plastic bag. It, you know, mm. like, I just imagine. Not good chicken nuggets either. No, just Josh like, liked them, but Josh ate everything. <laughs> <laughs> it was like preserved packaged meat. Okay, that's all I need to know. You know, so we were not, I mean, I, maybe we'll get more to this at the end, but I mean, this was a really interesting tour in terms of like people and we didn't complain, but everyone else did. And so in the end, Sean contacted Gate One to let them know that it was unacceptable and they refunded us $50. Per person. Per person. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So again, kudos to Gate One. But finishing up Kruger, we did see a lot more things than just the lion. We were able to see some more elephants, giraffe, and baboons. And we had another elephant roadblock on this adventure again. Another herd crossing the road. They probably just see a car coming and like, that's our chance. No, but it's so cool. But one (laughs) thing I told Brittany, I really, really wanted to see, and this goes back to our last episode. I wanted to see a leopard. And our safari guide got a radio call saying a leopard has been spotted. I fucking got excited. Like I was literally so fucking excited. I can't even describe. I was like, oh man, I want to see a leopard. More they're tears. so they're so elusive. No tears. <laughs> <laughs> tears maybe if I saw it. So he's like, okay, we just got a sighting. We're gonna go. It's about 20 minutes away. Hopefully it's still there when we get there. And by the time that we got there, the leopard was gone. But leopards are very famous for taking their kills and putting them up in a tree to keep them away from hyenas and other scavengers. So once we were there, 
we got word that the leopard was gone, but we were able to see its kill dangling in the tree with a bunch of hyenas still waiting at the bottom. Like, shit, is anything going to fall? I want to catch this. So, And it was like an antelope or something. And And he put it in the tree? Yeah, leopards carry their kills to trees because they're not going to eat the whole thing at one time. So to save it so other animals can't Can't get to it, it. they take it to trees. And so Kim, of course, had her binoculars because she was the bird viewer. So we passed around (laughs) her binoculars and we could see the kill hanging from the tree and its mouth was wide open and its tongue was out to the side. So wow. I must have been asleep during this. <laughs> I don't remember this at all, well, but I was meant- also very sick. And the hyenas were at the bottom looking up at it, but we couldn't see the leopard. Gosh. You missed out. Babe. So really another did. reason to go back to Africa, Kim, and have you come all along, I need to see a leopard. Yeah. Yep. Let's we, do it. We saw four out of the 2021. Five. So Kruger, <laughs> big bucket list item for me as well. So happy. But Kruger is so large that our safari guide told us of all the time we spent in there, we literally explored not even one tenth of how big the park is. Wow. Mm -hmm. So I can't even imagine what you could see in the other 90% of it. Yeah, it would be a really cool place to go back to and stay on Kruger property and just like be in the safari, be in the bush. Yeah. Be the bush. Be the bush. Have a bush. (laughs) (laughs) So Kim, we have to tell you a really funny story. Okay. So there was a guy on our tour who kept farting. I don't want to hear about this. (laughs) This is really funny. Fart again. Fart again. So he kept farting. That was our nickname for him. And it's like... Did like, you hear it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, this no. is the first time. Okay, so so Josh keeps asking us, are you hearing this guy? I mean, there is no <laughs> Be- shame. It is loud. It is proud. It is bubbly. It is still... Ew. Because from day one, Josh has been telling us like, hey, he's been farting out loud while we're all clustered <laughs> together. How are you guys not hearing this? Like, I, I can't it. believe it. And so there we are. We're done with the day. We're just using the restrooms before we get on the bus to go back. And so Jamal and I are standing there waiting next to this guy. And all of a sudden, he lets it rip so bad. And I look at Jamal and I start to laugh. And I'm like, I finally heard this guy. That was the first time that I heard him. And then I couldn't stop hearing him. Because we know who Josh has been telling us was the one doing it. But this was the first time we finally heard him. And uh, let me tell you something. I heard him at least once a day for the rest of the trip. (laughs) So then later we were talking with Sean. We were like, dude, have you been hearing this guy fart? And Sean and his voice goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Kruger was amazing. Day 10. What did we do, Brittany? We were making our way to Johannesburg. So it was going to be a long day in our bus. But of course, Gate 1 tries to make it interesting with a lot of different stops. So we were driving a route specifically called the Panorama Route. And there was a ton of scenery along the way. We went by this Blige River Canyon. And it was a 16-mile long canyon that cuts into the deep red sandstone and you're supposed to be able to get out and see like this beautiful view called God's window. Unfortunately, when we were at that portion, there was too much cloud cover to see God's window, but we did get to stop at a place called Burke's Luck Potholes. What it is, is it is a whole bunch of waterfalls and distinctive rock formations that are created by water erosion. Yeah, and it's called Burke's Luck Potholes because I believe the gentleman's name was Bork. He had found gold, gold in these waterfalls. So Bork's luck. So they did a lot. I don't want to say a lot. 
lot of mining in the area, but these waterfalls have beautiful natural rock formations just because of the water erosion. It's notorious for the fact that this gentleman found gold in this area. So it was a really cool little stopping area. And again, since it was such a long drive from Kruger to Johannesburg, Gate 1 does incorporate these little stops. I am disappointed we didn't get to see the view of God's window because you are up on a hill. And so again, there is the cloud cover, but that windowscape that you're supposed to see is supposed to be a beautiful view from the top of the hill down into Kruger National Park and just the valley area. So that was a little disappointment. But along the drive, we did make a stop at a rest stop, probably the coolest rest stop I've ever seen for two reasons. Brittany, take it away with reason number one. Reason number one is you walk in and of course you have to use the bathroom. And this is where we saw rhinos from the bathroom window. You can look out and there is, it's a rhino reserve. So you're sitting on the toilet looking at rhinos. Well, it's behind you. It's behind you. So the window. So the men the are using the bathroom, looking at the rhinos. I got to stand at a urinal, have a beautiful view of a rhino. How cool! <laughs> it was really cool. It was super cool. But you see that the rhinos have their horns. Yeah, their horns, the are, horns are cut are, off. Yes. To obviously prevent from poaching, especially since it's a big known area, it's at a rest stop. So. Mm-hmm. But like, what gas station and rest stop has rhinos? It this was one. It was beautiful. This one did. It was so amazing. Man, I really missed out. You did. But not even just rhinos, but you're seeing other animals out there too at the watering hole. One of my favorite things is bathrooms that have cool views of stuff, like the Mexico City one at the Latino Americana Tower. Yes. Or this one that I clearly missed out on. This one was an African savannah (laughs) view with rhinos, Kim. (laughs) Damn it. So really, really cool. The second reason why I like this rest stop is because this is where I was introduced to Nando's. So if you remember our Chicago episode, we talked about how we wanted to go to Nando's because Chicago is one of the very few American cities that has this restaurant. It originated in South Africa. We had it there. If you remember from the Chicago episode, we said that the Nando's that we had in South Africa was 10 times better than what they offer here in the States, but it was so, so good. And this was our first endeavor and experience with Nando's at this rest stop with the rhinos. And again, Nando's is hot sauce chicken. Yes. Portuguese style hot sauce chicken. Mm -hmm. Delicious. Yes. Why is it Portuguese? Is there a lot of Portuguese influence Uh, in Africa? That and a lot of the European influence that came down into that area. I mean, there was Portuguese, Belgium, Dutch, you know, so a lot of the European cuisine has influenced and merged with local cuisine. So that's just kind of the style. Hey, squaddies, we want to share one of our favorite travel products with you. Liquid IV is a category winning hydration brand fueling your well-being while traveling. One stick fits into 16 ounces of water to give you three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks and hydrates you two times faster than water alone. Their half-ounce hydration multiplier powder packet is the one product you need in every suitcase, carry-on, and day pack. We use it while flying on planes because flights can be so dehydrating. We use it when we feel jet-lagged, when we're out on a hike, and after a long night out that has us feeling worn out. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C. Liquid IV also now comes in 12 delicious and refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. Our favorites are the lemon lime and tangerine with immune support. It's made with premium ingredients, all non-GMO and gluten, dairy, and soy free. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use Travel Squad Podcast at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order 
when you shop better hydration today using promo code TRAVELSQUADPODCAST at liquidiv.com. Hey, squaddies. Let's take a quick detour to talk about our travel itineraries that we've created just for you. We just launched several new international trip itineraries, including Tulum and Japan. This is on top of the itineraries we already have for U.S. trips like the Hawaiian Island of Kauai, the U.S. Virgin Islands, as well as national park trip itineraries, including Utah's Mighty Five National Parks and a week at Grand Teton and Yellowstone. These fully built out 20 to 30 page PDF guides are available for instant download on our site right now. Every detail of the trip is laid out for you, so all you have to do is download, book, show up, and have fun. The itineraries tell you where to fly into, the exact route to take, where to stay, park entrance prices, where to eat, driving distance between attractions, the things to see and do, even the hikes we recommend, their mileage, and the time to allot for each one. And believe it or not, so much more. Be sure to head over to TravelSquadPodcast.com to download your very own comprehensive travel itinerary today. And then after the rest stop, clearly we continued on to Johannesburg. And when we got to Johannesburg, we did one activity because everyone on our tour kept talking about, oh, I want to go to a specific bazaar, place with shops to buy souvenirs. And it's not like we didn't have any other locations along the way to do it. But our tour guide, Sean, kept telling us like there's a really good one in Johannesburg. So he took us there before we went to our hotel. And that's where the ladies complimented their tanzanite necklace purchase and we got matching tanzanite earrings mm-hmm. and i think britney's the one that pulled the trigger on this one first and then i followed suit doesn't surprise me <laughs> <laughs> but you know i wear my tanzanite earrings all the time you guys didn't bring me back any tanzanite earrings I'm sorry with that? you don't come you don't get anything kemp you know <laughs> <laughs> we don't bring back no souvenirs so you know what's really interesting is not interesting but funny i guess that our window on the bus broke so they drove a bus all the way from johannesburg overnight to make sure that we had a bus for us in the morning with a full window and then we turned around and drove that bus all the way back to johannesburg yeah i forgot to mention that they did bring us a new bus that we had the morning that we left johannesburg gate one coming through gate one coming through gate one hooks it up so day 11 was our sightseeing tour of johannesburg and as we were going to bed that night josh sends me a message via whatsapp basically saying oh i think you know me and Anne are a little bit tired the tour has been kind of like on the go on the go we think we're gonna explore it on our own i was like dude i wouldn't explore it on your own especially if you don't have a plan you're not gonna have you know internet service to be able to call an uber can you trust the taxis here because johannesburg is a very visited city in south africa but it's not as safe as cape town and as a matter of fact the hotel that we were staying in is in a little community that is gated off to keep the people who aren't tourists and visitors out of there. So there's shops, there's restaurants, hotels, but that area is gated for safety. And here Josh and Anna are talking about, oh, let's do it on our own. I'm trying to convince them not. And then we mentioned that to Sean and then Sean's like, oh no. He's like, Josh, Anna, like you do not want to be out here in Johannesburg on your own. He's like, it's not safe. <laughs> like, I think they had some kind of theme park out there. Was it that they wanted to go to? I don't know. They wanted to do something that they saw online that wasn't part of the tour. But yeah, luckily they thought better of it and decided to go along with 
the tour that day. So we did do a half day tour of Soweto and Soweto is a metropolitan town that trends in politics, fashion, music, dance, and even language. Yeah. So it's a very popular township in Johannesburg and two very famous residents used to live in Soweto. One of them is Archbishop Desmond Tutu and Nelson Mandela. They both had homes there. Both those people are Nobel laureates and it's the only place in the world where you can see see the two childhood homes of two Nobel laureates on the same street. We did get a local guide just for this area. So rather than Sean explaining it, it was the local guide and he was super, super nicely dressed. Like we said, they had the homes of Archbishop Desmond Tutu and Nelson Mandela. And one of the stops that we took to was Nelson Mandela's childhood home. You guys just love seeing famous people's childhood homes, huh? Always. This was awesome. It was really interesting. It's a tiny, tiny house. I I said childhood. I shouldn't say childhood. It was before he became a big national Mm -hmm. figure. It was still his adulthood home. Let's take that back. I thought it was the house that he got once he got married. It was, but it was before he ventured and became well-known in South Africa for his fight against apartheid and well before he became president because they showed us his home later, which was a big mansion versus his little home in Soweto. Mm-hmm. But you go in there and it's pretty much like a museum. It shows all the famous people that he's met with, just photos of him during the time of apartheid, giving speeches, etc. So it was really, really unique. And, you know, here growing up, in the United States, the age that we are, you know, we hear about the civil rights movement. It's in the 60s. Yes, our parents lived through it, but it's just so crazy to think like, even though it's not that long ago, it kind of is in comparison to South Africa, where they still had segregation even up until the 90s. One thing I remember about this day in particular is we were on the bus driving through and one of our tour mates said, wow, it's so dirty. There's so much garbage. And I thought that was such a rude comment to make because we're in another country And we're also on board the bus with a local. But then he did explain to us that at times they would cut the funding for garbage. And so garbage would pile up. And so if everything was picked up, they wouldn't have a job. So people would leave garbage out on purpose so that they can continue to always have a job picking up garbage. Like that's how different the city is. Interesting. This was just a half day city tour. And then this night we had a very special big goodbye dinner because some of our tour mates didn't continue on. We were continuing on to Zimbabwe and Victoria Falls. So did you guys add this on or did they just buy a different kind of tour? They just bought a different package. So there was like a 12 day, a 14 day or a 16 day. Oh, okay. And so depending on what you bought, you would have more days than others. I see. Okay. So we had an extension, but the majority of the people on our tour didn't do the extension. So this was the farewell dinner. Okay. To say goodbye to them. And it was at a very nice restaurant. And I've heard stories about this place. <laughs> Zena had been drinking beforehand. Was it an open bar? I heard that there was a lot of drinking at this dinner. There was a lot of drinking. So basically what happened first is, again, we only had a half day tour. So we had a little bit of downtime back at the hotel before we had dinner. And the hotel has a bar. Josh and Anna had already been drinking down at the bar. I went upstairs because I was like, oh, you know, I'll drink at dinner. We have an early morning tomorrow. No, I helped you 
compose an email for work. Well, I did have to compose an email, but I had stuff to do and I just a little bit, like I said, downtime, didn't really want to get too big into drinking. Okay. And then Josh and Anna are already pretty tipsy. There is booze because there is always a drink included with dinner with gate one, but you can always buy more. And it was just a fun dinner that the free drink turned into, okay, well, let's start a tab. And we ended up starting to buy some. And Zaina actually started drinking with Josh and Anna at the hotel. So Zaina had you. already been drinking as well. Before you would have we been proud of her this day. Got, I'm proud of you, Zaina. Oh, I pre-gamed pretty hard. In fact, Josh got up to get me a drink and I gave him cash, but I guess I was so drunk that I didn't give him enough cash and I felt so bad because he had to use his card. And I was like, oh my gosh, you should have come back. Remember <laughs> that? Oh my gosh, I felt so bad. You owe money, I guess. So <laughs> Zaina kept the drinks flowing at dinner. And by the time her food came out, she was so drunk, she couldn't even cut her shrimp to eat it. And so here I am. You're supposed to cut shrimp? We'll cut the tails I think they were off like and. Prawns. Yeah, they were large Gross. prawns. Delicious. And half of the shell was on and half was off. So you had to remove some of the shrimp from the shell. And Zaina just had no idea what she needed to do to eat. And she was so fucked up. <laughs> I was in mom mode, cutting up her food for her and like forcing her to eat because she was that fucked up. Was this the night I received the text from you? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Zaina was so drunk that night. By the time we got, well, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But by the time we got back to the hotel, Zayna was messaging Kim saying, I wish you were here. You're missing I out. Many we're of those having texts so much this fun. Trip. But this one was a whole she drunken tirade. She was like, tirade. there's someone named Kim here. Uh, you should be here. We miss you. But Zayna wasn't the only one having a good time that night. Like we said, at the bar, Josh and Anna were drinking, but Josh was able to keep his composure quite well. We were having drinks at dinner. And I just wanted to throw another shout out to Jersey. If we remember Jersey from last episode, she came up to us and was like, what do you guys want for, for dessert? dessert? Yeah. Nice. Yes. But Anna was really, really drunk too and she obviously with dinner we could have ordered from like one of three different options and she saw the gentleman sitting next to us as food who happened to be the same gentleman who was sick who delayed us getting to Kruger and not to be confused with Fartigan right? not to be confused with Fartigan correct <laughs> and basically she was so drunk she's like oh my god that looks so good I should have gotten it she's like I think I'm gonna steal some of his food and she's like don't you think it would be funny if I tried to steal some of his food and he didn't notice I was stealing his food and she's like, like trying no. to take her fork and like play hovering it over his plate and we're like yeah, and he's like, still eating it yeah yeah. yeah yeah and i mean he's not noticing it but i was like josh yo like don't let anna do that <laughs> like i don't want to look bad because we're the youngest people on the tour and i don't want people to think even though we had a lot of people who liked us i'm sure with any tour that we go on older people probably have a misconception like oh their kids are just obnoxious and we were we drinking were really a lot so well behaved we, we, apart we, from this dinner we were super well yeah behaved. so i just didn't want people to get upset but a fun night all together it was so fun. We went back to the hotel and we're saying goodbye to everyone. We have to go up and Zaina just falls <laughs> out of nowhere. She hits a wall and she falls down <laughs> and we can't get her up. I just, oh, you know, falling and I can't get up. I, I just no words. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, you and Anna had the most fun that night, probably. It's so true. But I, I hear that you guys couldn't get me up. So you had to have Josh come over and help get me up because I was just such dead weight on the floor laughing and I couldn't even lift myself up. Up. Yeah. I was so drunk. Anna and I couldn't get you up. I was like, where's Jamal? But you know, Jamal, he's out there flirting with all the old ladies saying goodbye, <laughs> taking his sweet time, saying like, oh, I miss you guys. So yeah, he's I, nowhere to be found. I, numbers? I didn't get to see. No, I didn't get any numbers. I was talking to the couple who Anna was trying to steal his food and was sick, you know, because they were leaving. And like I said, I really liked him. That's why 
why I feel bad about Kruger and being like, oh, we should go. I didn't realize it was them. So I only can hear of the stories of All Zana's glory. I didn't get to see it like everybody else did. So I know like, you would have been giving that I, dad scoff. Oh yeah, I definitely would have been. But it, it, Zayna, <laughs> it needed, was a good night. Zayna needed Brittany's help to even change into her PJs that night. Yeah, I, I helped her change into her pajamas. I put her to bed, kind of nice. like the night that you got drunk, Kim, and you <laughs> barf, and I made sure you got home safe. But. And the backseat of our car into a, bio, <laughs> into a biohazard bag. But that's another story for another time. Just wanted to throw that out there. But as much fun this as... This is about Zayna being I know. drunk. Not well, me. you know what? It was really funny because you have to start taking your malaria medicine. I think it's like a week before you go into the territory. So we're getting ready to go into Zimbabwe. We've already started the malaria medicine. And so Brittany is trying to dress me and get me to take my malaria medication. And so I started to freak out that, oh my God, I'm going to OD. I've drinking so much alcohol and now you want me to take malaria medication. And so Brittany had to convince me that I wasn't going to OD on that. And the next morning, I remember getting in the elevator with everyone standing face to face with Sean. And I was like, you guys, I remember everything about last night except for two things. How did I get into my pajamas? And I don't remember <laughs> washing my face. And everyone just like looks at me and laughs like you're ridiculous. So that concluded the shit show that was Johannesburg and Zana's dinner. <laughs> and then the next morning, no disrespect, Zana, you had, like I said, you and Anna had the best time that well, night. You know it, what? It was funny too, because at breakfast, you guys kept telling me more things that I forgot about. And I was like, it looks like I forgot a lot more than just those two things. Absolutely. So we continued on from Johannesburg. Half our tour left us. And we were some of the few that continued on to Zimbabwe to specifically go to Victoria Falls. Victoria Officially. Falls. Victoria Falls. So we had to take a flight from Johannesburg to Zimbabwe. And what we were told was we needed to have a visa to enter Zimbabwe in the country. And it was very specifically laid out in our itinerary that we needed to bring U.S. cash to pay in cash for our visas. Mm -hmm. And our tour guide even mentioned to us, if you try to pull money out of the ATM in Zimbabwe, you will get an IOU. There was such big hyperinflation wow. in Zimbabwe that they now use the U.S. dollar as official currency. So you do require a visa to get in. You don't need to get the visa before you go. It's purchase upon arrival. In the airport. In the, in the airport. airport. And I think it's like $30. And it okay. said you need to have cash, cash because their ATMs do not dispense U.S. dollars. Even though they use U.S. dollars, they'll actually send out IOUs. So, so who wants to guess who was unprepared and did not have cash to buy a visa on this trip? Brittany. No. <laughs> Zayna. I had to borrow money. And they're like, didn't you read the itinerary? And I'm like, no. But in all fairness, <laughs> I did offer, like when we were in South Africa still, I said that I'd go to the bank and I'd get money. And they're like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. We'll just give you money and add it to your tab. So thanks, mom and dad. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> so we get to Zimbabwe and we get to our lodge. And what I really like about gate one is you can view the hotels and lodges on their website before you actually go. So we knew what to expect. And it was so beautiful. There are no words to describe it. It's all wooden i would say and like a cabin not like a cabin if you just envision what you would think an african lodge would look like in the 1940s 1950s during the colonial times i hate to say it that way but that's the reality of it this is what this lodge looked like it was a big wooden structure not necessarily like a cabin but beautiful hotel it overlooks a watering hole mm. so we got to have views of giraffe elephants zebras all and this stuff like coming to drink from the watering hole there's no wall 
on the side that's facing the watering hole too. So it's all open deck. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And so the hotel is kind of shaped to surround the watering hole. So from our hotel room, we had a view of the watering hole. And also from where they serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they have a views of the watering hole as well. And so. our hotel is enclosed in a gated area because of all the wildlife. And even when we left the airport, they were like, do not go wandering off. You can't walk on the streets. You will get attacked by an animal there's yep. the potential for it yeah yeah so it was really really cool the first day we just got there got the lay of the land and so after checking into our hotel and getting settled we had a sunset river cruise on the mighty zambezi river the zambezi river is what feeds victoria falls if you don't know what victoria falls is it's one of the most famous waterfalls in africa it is larger than niagara falls and just so so beautiful so we had a sunset cruise on the zambezi river now and kim you missed out you missed out majorly because it sounds cool already well we thought it was it just was. a night cruise and next thing you know it's a booze, it's a booze cruise, cruise at what? sunset on the zambezi <sighs> river they come around asking you what you want to drink and then you find out that it's an open bar and open i swore bar? Open after bar. the night that i just had i was not about to drink but i just i couldn't say no yeah. and the next you know what happened on, you were like, no, I'm going to sit out because I don't usually drink too much. And then <laughs> during this cruise, I got like my second win on this trip. And I was like, let's go for it. And Zena's like, fuck it. Open bar. She's like, if Britney's drinking, I got to drink. Yeah. I mean, like at one point, Josh and I were having a chugging contest. And poor Josh, he never could beat me. I just chugged so much more faster. He than can out drink you. He can't beat you at a chug. Yes. So Nobody we're chugging. And I finished my drink. And next thing I know, Robson, our bartender on the boat, is standing right now next to me with a specially made Robson cocktail just from me. He calls so I, it the Robson special. I put my empty glass down and he's standing there with another drink for me. And I'm like, oh, my oh God. I love that. But it was so awesome because we're on the Zambezi. You can see the lush tropical foliage around. We were able to see crocs and hippos. However, you can potentially see, you know, elephants, giraffe coming to drink at the river. Unfortunately, we didn't get to see that, but the unlimited drinks. We had the local beer. You could have cocktails. They had nuts and hors d'oeuvres set out for you. And here we are just in the middle of the African bush watching the sunset. And the Zambezi River is actually the dividing line or the borderline between Zimbabwe and Zambia, which is a whole nother country. So we didn't set foot on Zambia, but we were in Zambian waters because the river is the border between them. And even Victoria Falls itself half is in Zambia half is in Zimbabwe. I remember taking a picture at sunset that night and the colors were just so beautiful and vivid. Reds, oranges just lit up the sky off of the water. It was a sight to be seen. So Kim, you missed out. Damn it. On the sunset. This is my Af this is my Africa. Cruise. T I M A. You I, this was like my favorite of all the cruises, safaris that we've done. Like this night was amazing. Did anybody get shitty this night? I mean, not at the level of Zane. I don't think anybody on this trip got to the level that Zane ended up getting at. But Anna we, was pretty bad. I mean, Anna was yeah, but even not that night. But we, 
no one got to that level. No. Oh, okay. Okay. So I'm not that proud of you guys. I think. <laughs> you know what? Anna actually woke up in the middle of the night thinking that she didn't have dinner and she was super concerned that her and Josh missed a dinner. And Josh is like, no, 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 no. You ate so much that you even all was <laughs> trying to eat the guy's neck to you, his food. <laughs> and she's like, oh. So <laughs> that concludes day 12. Day 13 was the day that we were going to see Victoria Falls. That's so cool. I regret I want to see this so bad. Yeah, it's this one is of the beautiful. N- it's better than Niagara Falls. Yeah. It is. It's one of the seven natural wonders of the world. And there's, I think, 16 different viewpoints to see the falls. So essentially, we did a tour that went and visited all 16 viewpoints. So when you first get the first view, you're like, oh my God, Victoria Falls, it's so beautiful. You're taking all of the pictures, you're trying to get the best shot. And then at every single viewpoint, it gets better and better and better because you're getting closer and closer and closer. I remember at one point, Jamal was saying like, everyone's going crazy for these views, but just wait, you know, like at the end is where the best views are. And our tour guide laughed because he knew exactly what Jamal was talking about. Like the best views are at the end. Yeah. It's like, you know, whenever you catch the first sight of something that you want to see, you're always excited, but it's just the first sight. The closer you get, the better it's going to be. But just to put in context how big Victoria Falls is, it's over 351 feet high and it's a little over a mile wide. And I don't mean across from one side to the other. I'm talking in terms of length, like across. It's, it stretches over a mile, you know, just from one area into the falls to the next. So very, very And is huge. it a one mile stream coming down or are there several streams in that one mile? It depends on how heavy the water flow is coming off from the rain. It could just be all one continuous. Oh. There are spots, yes, where it definitely is separated, but there is one area where it's a big wall sheet, but it depends on how high and heavy the rain season was, if it's going to be like one big continuous flow at one spot or not. But when we went, there was definitely a lot of water, but not as much as there usually is that time of year we were advised. But even so, there's so much water, it felt like you're getting rained on because of all the mist that was coming. So you're walking through all this tropical area, trees, and here you are just getting misted over. Did you wear ponchos? You can buy them, but no, we didn't. There was one portion where I wanted to get a really good photo and there was so much mist in that area. When I walked out, I was completely soaked. (laughs) Yeah, Victoria Falls was really, really cool. I don't know how else to describe it other than just like awe-inspiring. Really, really cool. And what's sad now is there's a big drought and I've just seen photos that have been posted. They're in their worst drought in about like 30 years and it's literally dry. Oh no. Yeah. And when we went, it was really nice, but we didn't even go during the wet season. And they said that at some times during the wet season, you can't get that close to the edge to look over because all of the rocks are so slippery that it's a hazard for you to get that close. So we actually went at a pretty good time. And it was August that you guys were there? We were there in September. September. Okay. Early September. So that was just a little half day tour seeing the falls itself. But one thing that I really loved about our hotel that we were staying at in Victoria Falls was at 1 p.m. every day they did a vulture feeding. This is one of the most intense things I've ever seen. What like, did they it was feed amazing. them? They fed them basically like bones and scrap meat. Vultures are scavengers. Yeah. So it was pretty much like bones and scrap meat. From they, the restaurant of our hotel. Yeah. So again, our hotel, the dining room area is open dining area by the sense that there is no wall from the outside to the inside. You're just 
covered with a roof, but it's all open. open. And we are able to see down below close to the watering hole, which is where they do the vulture feeding. So some guy goes out there with an ice chest full of bones and scrap meat. And these birds, they're so intuitive, man. Like 15 minutes before, you could see them all just start scavenging and circling above and collecting in the area. And the there guys, hundreds the guy's hundreds not even out there yet, but they know because it happens every day, like around this time. And they're so respectful too. They're, they're not even attacking they the They were so well trained. This guy, he's out there finally with the ice chest. He throws out the meat, but not until he closes the lid and walks away do they all go in and flock down on it. And just to see literally hundreds of birds come down and collect. Well, in circling, front of that, circling, circling, and then going yeah, and attacking. It was intense. It was really intense. It was fun to watch. Yeah. So we got to enjoy that with our lunch. And then we actually booked an additional add-on this was not part of the gate one tour but sean our tour guide did tell us about it we did book a lion encounter and so this was a day that we got to go to a sanctuary where they've rescued lions and these lions have been rescued from people who have gotten them as cubs and thought oh they're so cute and cuddly and then as they've <laughs> gotten bigger like oh shit this is a real lion and they obviously can't go back into the wild, but they're using these lions to breed and get them accustomed to the habitats. And so they can't go back out into the wild. Yeah. So the lions themselves, like Brittany said, they were taken as cubs and clearly they're not going into the wild. This program's goal is to take the cubs of these lions that we're walking with, being able to pet with, touch, take those cubs, put them into another game preserve. And ideally at that point, they will be wild and then their offspring actually put into, you know, national parks out in the wild to increase the lion population. I see. So that's the eventual goal. But before we talk about the encounter, I just want to say one thing. We didn't necessarily know we were going to be doing this when we went, because again, this was not an additional tour that was offered by Gate One. As Brittany said, this came at Sean's recommendation as something to do because we really had the rest of the day and there's nothing really in the area other than Victoria Falls and the lodge. So to do something, this was at Sean suggestion but there is something called devil's pool at victoria falls that i really really wanted to do what devil's pool is it's on the zambian side of victoria falls and it is a natural rock formation that you can go up to at the edge of the waterfall. So you could be in a pool at the edge of the waterfall looking over and you're not gonna go over because there's a natural rock lip that holds you. And I really, really wanted to do this. I asked Sean about this and this is where I feel like he really let me down because I <laughs> wanted to do this. And he advised us, no, it's too cumbersome because then you gotta cross into Zambia and come back, you have to get a double entry visa. And he made it sound more difficult than it was. And another couple, that was on our tour come to find out they went to devil's pool themselves and did it in the time frame that we did it with the lions so sean if you're listening you really let me down on that one i want to go back <laughs> another reason to go back i want to go back so bad and do that that was like a real bucket list item that i could have done but i enjoyed doing the walk with the lions Why don't and you, you don't want to so? go when it's in a drought don't want to go when it's a drought those drought photos that i told you i've been seeing there's no water and you can actually see what devil's pool looks like and what that rock 
rock lip formation looks like and someone is standing in it without water right now. I think by 2021, they'll be out of the drought. Ideally. <laughs> so I'm grateful that Sean suggested not to do it because uh, sounds like I would shit myself, dude. You probably would have. Why don't you tell us about the lion walk? So instead right we now. did the lion walk and they broke us up into two groups so we can walk with two lions, about one, one and a half years old. And I don't know, it's just a really interesting experience because they also had a guy with us with this huge, long gun in case other animals, you are out in the wild in case other animals come up or in case anything happens with the lion, but nothing ever really has, they were saying. And before we even start the walk, the lion's just sitting there on the ground and he invites you up one by one to go and pet the lion. And so they're like, don't rub its belly, even if it's trying to get you to rub its belly, don't touch its head. So there's very specific ways that you can only touch the lion, but it was so surreal to be up close and personal with such a big feline. I saw your pictures and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe well, you did it, that. It was really cool because again, they'll give you a safety briefing first. And on top of that, then they show you a video that talks about what their whole goal is to do in terms of rehabilitating, taking their cubs, putting them into the wild, etc. And they first asked, okay, who wants to pet it first? And everyone, from my perception, seemed to be a little intimidated. I was like, fuck it. I want to pet it first. I want to go up and do it. So I was the first one to go down, take photos, pet it. But beyond petting with it, it was called Walk with the Lion. So after we did that, you were able to literally have it stand up with you and just walk side by side with it, pet it as you're walking. So it was really cool to see a big cat like that up close, be with it. And then on top of that, you know, they had a male and a female that were walking with them together and the guides would tap the trees and the lions would jump up into the trees. So you were literally standing, you know, three feet away from this big cat as climbing the tree, just so surreal, comfortable with you being around it. And it was a really awesome experience. I don't think I would do it again, but I think that as a one time, it was a really cool experience. Yeah. And they were taking video. So if you want to buy a video, you can. And then they take you once you're done to a certain area where you can use the restroom, wash your hands. They give you snacks. And then they also gave you a free drink. So after I finished my free drink, drink? yes, free drink, they don't, oh. they give it to you after because God knows they don't want you boozed right. up as you're right, going right. out there with the lion. Right. So after the drink, Josh and I went up to the bar so we can purchase another one. Were you with us? Okay. And so I. me, Josh and Jamal, we went up to the bar to purchase a second drink because, you know, these are cheap drinks at the six, 7% tile ABV. And as we ask how much it is, not that it matters, we're going to pay for it because we want it. How much is it? They're like, oh, no, no, it's free. And we look at each other and we realize that we just walked into an open bar. Open bar. Open <laughs> bar after the lion walk. So wow. you better believe your ass. We had a few what, beverages before we, before, before we left. And it was you a very short amount of yeah. time. Wow. We, we did it as fast as we could. And in fact, the, everyone was at the bus and we were still at the bar trying to finish like our fourth drink. Because they wouldn't let us take it with us because they recycled their glass there. So they were like, no, 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 you have to finish the bottle and leave it here before you leave. So we're just <laughs> pounding it back real quick. Good job, you guys. It That's was back. pretty funny because we got a little tipsy. So when we were on the bus, oh, Josh, what, after four drinks, I would imagine so. In such a short amount of time too. So when we were on the bus, Josh was trying to give Jamal wet willies and it was super <laughs> funny. He was trying to do it the whole trip. So our fun extended into dinner. Yeah, so dinner at the lodge in Victoria Falls with gate one was not included both nights. And we weren't talking about this necessarily, but there were some nights where 
lunch, dinner is not included with gate one. And eventually it got to the point where, okay, Josh would pay for all of us one. Instead of splitting it all up since we were dining together, Josh would pay. And then Anna would pay. And then Brittany and I would pay. Zaina, et cetera, et cetera. And Josh and Anna really like to eat. Like they love to have appetizers out there. They love to have multiple main entrees and kind of split it up. There were several nights where they ordered more than one entree and then like <laughs> three appetizers. Love to eat. Gotta enjoy the local cuisine. So it was our turn to pay that night in terms of how the rotation was going. So this is our last night. We're sitting on the beautiful terrace, looking at the watering hole, have beautiful views of elephants and giraffes just drinking water. And I hear Josh say to Anna, oh, I really want to try that baboon appetizer. Didn't think anything of it. Time comes to order, okay? And Josh <laughs> orders and we're all done. And he didn't order the baboon that he was telling Anna about. <laughs> and I thought he was just potentially being considerate because he knew we were going to pay and was like, oh, I'm not going to add on like an extra or do something. I was like, oh, you don't want the baboon, Josh? And then I, I looked to our waiter. I'm like, you know, how is the baboon? Is it good? Is it worth getting? <laughs> How is the baboon, sir? Is it enough to feed five? Or should we get two? <laughs> yeah, because I thought he was just being timid. And since it was our turn to pay, I didn't want to order. I didn't even see it on the menu, but I didn't think to myself, oh, he's fucking just pulling Anna's leg. Like, there is no baboon. And then our server just looks at me like I'm crazy. And then <laughs> the whole table starts laugh. busting up laughing. And Josh is like, oh, no, man, the, there's not baboon on here. I'm like, oh, my God, I feel so stupid. But that was a good, funny time to and an amazing, amazing journey in Africa. Yes. So day 14 was just flying home, long, long flight. And if you guys want to hear all about that flight, go back to episode 13, How to Survive a Long Haul Flight, where I talk about my adventures sitting 16 and a half hours next to a smelly lady. But the flight was a lot longer than that. We had to fly from Victoria Falls to Johannesburg, Johannesburg to Atlanta, Atlanta to New York. And all that said and done was about 33 hours of just straight travel, travel. time. And then you guys did stay in New York for the weekend, but then you had the flight from New York back to San Diego. Yes, we too. did. Okay. Yes, we did. And so if you guys want to listen to New York, it is episode 25. Definitely check it out. All right. It's time for questions of the week. Questions of the week. Questions, questions of the week. Of the week. Okay. So I have a question before we get into our listener question. Did Jamal have a freak out on this trip? Absolutely. The day after, <laughs> I would count that as a freak out. That He's was trying to leave out. the guy. No, that was not a freak out. Yep. <laughs> yes, it was. Wait, I, you know what? I just want to say real quick. I feel like both you ladies know <laughs> when Brittany over-exaggerates a freak out. And this is definitely an over-exaggeration. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Didn't have a freak out. Okay. So in all fairness, I don't remember that. So I think that if you did have a freak out, you're probably having it directly to Brittany because I don't remember. Brittany you. gets the brunt of all the freak outs. I do. You guys don't even know. <laughs> There's like, there are are silent freakouts that are happening <laughs> that you guys aren't aware of until I make it obvious later. Did Zayna have a freakout? I was wondering that too. I don't know. I don't remember. She was. Yeah, actually, she, she did. did. She had a freak no. out on the airplane. Do you remember that? You were really sick. Your ears were hurting. I had a freak out. Not only that, the, the, <laughs> night, the night that you didn't come with us to the VA waterfront for dinner, you were just being like a real bitch about it. Like, I'm sick. I don't want to go. If you guys are going to walk, don't want to have dinner that with me at the hotel. Oh, uh, just go. Yeah, that was you. I just remember <laughs> that, yes, on the flight, I was so miserable and I just felt so sick. 
sick. And so I was sitting next to Jamal, maybe Josh, Anna, I don't know, but I didn't want to get anyone sick and the flight wasn't filled. So I did go to the back and I do remember sitting behind Sean because that would have given me my own aisle and Sean said something and I kind of like snapped and then I immediately apologized and I was like, I'm so sorry, Sean. I'm just, I'm feeling so shitty. I feel like shit. And then he just like laughed. And the day that we went to go see a lot of freak outs, (laughs) the day that we went to shark dive, they didn't have breakfast for me because they undercounted. So how many freakouts did you have that trip to? But it was only because I was sick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Enough about freakouts. What did one of our listeners yes. ask us? One of our listeners by the name of Jack from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Chippewa Falls. He wrote Wisconsin. in and said, what surprised you most about Africa? Ooh, I would say what surprised me the most going in, and we touched upon this in the episode, is I really wasn't expecting, and this just goes to show how bad certain stereotypes are, I really wasn't expecting to have clean drinking water in Africa. Not that I thought that they didn't Mm -hmm. have plumbing, that's not what I'm trying to insinuate, but even here in the United States, there's certain cities you don't want to drink the water in. I don't drink out of our tap water. Yeah, and I was just so shocked to find out that everywhere we went in the southern region of Africa, the countries that we did that the water was safe and pure from the tap like deliciously clean i would say that's the same thing for me i was most surprised by the different climate in cape town and how beautiful it was like i was expecting like i've said before just desert orange red landscapes and when we were in cape town it was so beautiful it was lush it was green there was beaches there was city it was beautiful and i wasn't expecting that and i guess i should have done more research on cape town before i went but that That's what surprised me most. Pleasantly surprised in both cases. Yeah, good question, Jack. (laughs) And the bathrooms, we encountered no squatty potties at all. They were very modern, westernized style toilets, and they were super clean. That's that's great. I think another thing, too, is just how sometimes you just can't go out because of the wildlife. Like, you are in the middle of it. And that's just so fascinating to me. It's really cool. Any final thoughts before we close out our African journey? Yeah, you should have gone, Kim. <laughs> Ooh, I know, I know, I know. This last week or two, we've been talking about it. I regret it more and more every time. But on a more serious note, final thought, this was one of the best trips of my life. I do want to go back to Africa again, whether it be South Africa, other safari areas, or even up north to the more tropical regions like Uganda, Rwanda, things Gorilla like that. Trekking. Yeah, I, That's our next or even Tanzania item. to go to the Serengeti. Definitely want to go back to Africa. One thing I forgot to mention was when we were at Kruger, we did see a male lion with full-on mane and we just saw it briefly in the distance and we saw him sit down and then he was hidden again and we forgot to point that out but we did see that was the only male lion you saw only male lion for like five seconds he came out of a bush was walking and then he just plopped down and then once he plopped down that was it other than that we didn't see any uh wild male lions well there was a male on our lion walking encounter but in Mm -hmm. terms of wild lion that was the only one cool male very nice Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Please keep the adventure going with us and follow us on Instagram at Travel Squad Podcast. Send us in your questions of the week and tag us in your adventures on Instagram. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful or you thought we were just plain funny, please share it with a friend that would enjoy it too. Please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Make sure to pack your bags and your car because next week we are taking you on a weekend getaway to Big Bear. Big Bear. Big Bear. Bear. Mountain Town. Bye, Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.